0: Ron and Anian. When Car and Driver reviewed the Yugo, their parting comment was, here's a car that has a four-speed shifter that shifts with all the precision of a baseball bat and a barrel of coconuts. The car doctor. Let's just look at the basics. Let's, you know, before we start hooking up tools and just pressure bleeding things and so forth. He had the calipers on the wrong side. So Uh he had the left caliper on the right side, the right caliper on the left side. Rookie mistake, but you can't knock him for trying. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian. The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Ronnie Nanny, The Car Doctor, here at 855-560-9900. Rocking and rolling and ready to go, cardoctorshow.com, more information, podcasting, get out the Spreaker, do the deal, download the show, sign up, subscribe, and uh, take us with you wherever you want to go, and uh, we'll be part of your automotive information system. I want to talk a little bit, well, real quick, because the phones are already backing up, and uh, I appreciate you being there, so hang out for a minute. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, <laughs> auto repair is like, you, you've got to be like Columbo. You've got to sort of work in there like like Peter Falk and and you know, you know, kind of give it that you know squint of the eye and which he did very well and you know just sort of shuffle up to the car and just what's going on here? 03 GMC Yukon was towed in, towed in, dude, because it wouldn't run. It stalled on right hand turns. All right? And the customer was afraid to drive it. So it was towed in, parked at the far end of the lot, and I finally got around to it a couple of days later because we've been, as usual, very, very busy. And the battery was dead, stone dead. Like, you know, it just it didn't want to do anything. So I, you know, started charging the battery. The battery was new or newer, I should say. So I, I charged the battery and... Yeah, just like gee, it's just forever to take a charge. Like what's going on here? GM side terminals took the battery cables off, and the negative ground cable bolt stud bolt was corroded. Really, like looked terrible. You couldn't see it from the outside. I never like those side terminals because of that. You can't see how clean or dirty it is under the under the under the connection. So, you know, took the battery out of the car, put separate posts on it, charged it separately from the vehicle. Uh, you know. Took the cable, cleaned it. Um, by the way, one of the best ways for cleaning battery cables. I still say it; it still works. You get bo- you get boiling hot water. Uh, you know, forget all these chemicals. I I've come to the conclusion that spraying all these chemicals on these batteries, if you're not if you're not gingerly and careful, you're spraying all these these corrosive cleaners that get onto the wiring harness and everywhere else, and it makes a mess. It gets schmutzy. Technical term. And uh, you know, just, just, just a cup of hot water, just soak the cable in, in it and just watch the corrosion resolve away and cleaned up the cable, put the battery back in. Wow, battery held the charge. Wow, the car started, but it ran terrible. It 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 barely three four hundred RPM at idle, barely snuck it around the block, and yeah, it stalled on right hand turns. For whatever reason it stalled worse on right hand turns than left hand turns. It just struggled. So I sat and I looked at the notes, and the customer's request was dead battery, or comments was dead battery, stalling, and replace the intake manifold gaskets for the check engine light, which at this point was gone because the battery was dead, and I had to look back in my notes. I hadn't seen the vehicle in a year and a half, better part of of, of a year and, and, and eight months, and it was for a lean p 174 fault, which is generally intake manifold gaskets on this generation, or mass airflow sensor or some combination thereof. But I didn't have the condition right now. And I started thinking about, what are we really after here? We're trying to get this car to run, but I don't think we're trying to spend a lot of money because I'm looking at the wiper blades. You know, you can tell a lot by looking at wiper blades on a vehicle. You know how long that vehicle has been sitting there, all right? When you turn the wiper blades on and you drag enough twigs across the glass that Skippy could build a new squirrel cage, uh, you know, you're like, yeah, this vehicle hasn't really gone anywhere in a while. So I called the customer up and I said, Dan, what what are we trying to achieve here? I've got it to run. I've got it so the battery holds a charge. There's no draw on it. It does stall, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think that is in a minute, but, you know, what are we trying? Well, I'm just trying to get it to run. My daughter's going to use it to go to high school. We haven't been using it for a while. Aha! Okay. I didn't get that part of the equation. How long had it been sitting? Well, it was sitting about four months, and when we came back to it, it had a dead battery. I went, aha! Aha is a good word, right? We like aha. I'm right. It's like nay-nay, so the, the late, great John Pennett. Nay-nay. So, you know, okay, And he said, I'm not so worried about the check engine light as it stalls on right-hand turns. Aha. There's that aha again. I said, I'll call you back. What happens to a, you know, as we age, as we age, we adapt, right? We get older, you know, we squint, we get glasses, we, you know, get walkers, we, you know, we age. As cars age, they adapt. The computer adjusts for certain things as it ages. When this 03 Yukon with 128,923 miles on it had a dead battery from sitting, and then they put the new battery in, what was the mistake? Show of hands. That's right. The guy in the third row back on the left side. He's right. He's showing me the flash card. He's saying, hey, it, they didn't do an idle relearn. Bingo. Give that man a cigar. So I took the intake duct off. Sure enough, the... Throttle body intake duct was black as coal, dirty as you-know-what. Cleaned it up spotless, made it look like a hospital. You could do surgery inside this throttle body now. Put the intake duct back on, disconnected the battery, shorted the terminals together, did the procedure the way you're supposed to, put the battery terminals back on, started it up. Now instead of a 350 RPM idle struggling, I had a 720 RPM idle like glass took the car around the block the car rode fine didn't stall on right turns left turns, stop signs whatever you want to do I still don't know why it stalled more on right turns than left turns because of a dirty throttle body but that's just the way this one worked and that's when I called the customer back and I said okay I've got no check engine light because of the dead battery the throttle body was so dirty that the computer couldn't get a, a register for where it was supposed to be I've cleaned the throttle body I've relearned the idle the truck runs fine what do you want to do? I want to come pick up the truck, which I knew was going to be the answer because I get it, you know, it's it's we're, we're trying to save money on a car for a high school kid. I said, and I gave him the drill, listen, it's it's his vehicle, it's safe, it's reasonable, it's moral. I said, you know, it's it's going to have a check engine light. The check engine light is not fixed. It's it's just the way it is. It's going to come back on. And I did also I did some brief Pre-repair analysis, if you want to call it that. I look at calculated load off the mass airflow. It was way off the mark. The most I could get out of it, put my foot into the headlight, was about 68%, if you can follow that conversation. And I said, I, I know it's going to come back for lean fault codes. It's either going to be mass airflow issues or a combination of mass airflow and intake. It's going to need something. But my point is, how much damage can a dead battery cause? How bad? Can a battery affect how a vehicle operates? In this case, it made the car stall, if you think about it. The battery went bad. It, it wasn't relearned. It's The idle speed wasn't relearned properly. The throttle body had to be cleaned. But all of that happened because when the vehicle sat, the battery went bad, and they replaced it, and nobody followed procedure. Not to mention they didn't clean the negative battery terminal or the cable end. And my point becomes you have to be like a detective. You've got to look at the small stuff. You've got to, you know, be aware of the little things that are in front of you. I had a young man the other day. We were helping him, showing him how to work on cars. We were doing some, doing our good deed stuff. And he he didn't know how something went together. And I explained to my show, you know, cars have index marks on it. Have you ever look at how a car is put together? It's put together so... The average assembly line worker, do you know how long the average assembly line worker has to put that part on the car? Tony, we're gonna to go to break because I'm gonna leave this as a question. I'm gonna hang this over the break and see who comes back. What's the average length of time in in, in and it's in it's it's a lot shorter than you think to hang the average part. I, I saw this the other day, I was floored. And this proves the point that they index parts at the assembly line level so that you follow those indexes. You know how to put the car together. I'll give you the best example. I'll tell you what, I'll give you that. I'll give you the best example of that. Look at the front of any late model GM vehicle. Do this walking through a parking lot. If you look at the windshield wipers, the windshield wipers lay on the glass. Look just below the wipers. There's always a black or brown line, which is embedded in the glass. That's the index mark of where the wiper is supposed to sit. They do it all the time. I'm Ron Ananian, The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. We're going to open the garage doors when I come back, and I'll tell you how long the assembly line workers have to put those parts on the car. Stay around.
1: Don't you hate when you need some expensive part or service? It sure makes maintaining your car a frustrating task. Thankfully, Pep Boys has over a million parts in stock, like batteries, filters, brake pads, and more. And if you need a little extra help, the Pep Boys Pros will install the part for you. Since 1921, Manny, Moe, and Jack's legacy has been to provide quality parts, service, and tires to people everywhere. So the next time you need car advice or simply want a service done, head to the pros. Visit your local pet Boys or shop online at petboys.com.
0: Don't call us
2: That's right. If you call and we're not live, you can leave a message and we'll call you back to get you on the air with Ron.
0: 855-560-9900. Speaking of Ron, here he is. So, on the assembly line, by the way, I want to welcome Lucy the Wonder Dog. Lucy, tell everybody what Tom knows about cars. Okay, that's why he's on the other side of the glass. So I have Lucy the Wonder Dog in here with me for this portion of the show. Um, she's sleeping on the floor at my feet. Um, Lucy's a pit bull, by the way, folks. We should put a picture of Lucy up on the Facebook page, Tom. Show everybody show everybody the guard dog that protects the studio when we're not here. So if you give her a piece of meat, if you feed her anything, she'll show you where the crown jewels are. Trust me, she doesn't care. Um, the average – the uh, on the assembly line, back to the conversation, the assembly line, the average worker – Okay, less than a minute, 48 seconds, move it along, get the car going, because we've got we've got you've got 48 seconds to hang whatever it is you're going to hang or less because there's another one coming along right behind it. Um, so just uh, just be aware of that. So you know we start talking about index marks. Hoses have to line up. Look at the way hoses are put on. There's actually a white line on the hose, and it'll sometimes it'll tell you radiator end, engine end. There's a lot of index marks on cars showing you how they're assembled because they're trying to speed things up on the assembly line. That's a key part of the key part of the puzzle. So let's kick the garage doors open. I've kept these good people waiting long enough, and I appreciate your patience, Keith in Indianapolis or Indiana, I'm not sure what that is. Tom wrote Indy. Um, I'm not sure what he means there, Keith. I apologize. 09 Toyota Sienna and some noise on startup. How can I help you, sir?
3: Yeah, it's uh, Indianapolis, Indiana, and uh, good talk to you, Ron. Uh, yeah, I've got an 09 Toyota Sienna. I've had it since it's brand new. Got 96,000 miles on it. Got the 35 liter V6 engine. I've changed the oil and filter in it religiously since it was new, and within the last, I would say, six months, I've developed a rattle, startup and the vehicle has to sit either overnight or for a few hours uh for it to do this rattle if you start it you know consecutively you won't get the rattle okay so at first i thought it might be the starter and i had my wife start it one day while i had my head under the hood to see if i could kind of see where it's coming from it sounded like it's coming from the top of the engine so i did a little bit of digging and what i found online i found uh, multiple youtube videos of people having the same noise I found uh, possibly some reference to service bulletin Toyota is issued for some of their vehicles, although I'm not sure if my CN is included or not. But apparently in some of their 3.5-liter V6s and maybe even some of their other engines, the uh, camshaft, the intake cam gear assembly, will uh, develop a condition where it will not hold the oil pressure when the car sits.
0: Right, it bleeds off. Exactly. Right.
3: And uh, this sure sounds and looks like my problem. And my question is, uh, A, if I don't know anything about it, it sounds like eventually the bolts for this gear could eventually back out, which caused the, uh, you know, the pistons to meet the valves and destroy my engine. Right. Um, and how involved is this to fix Any idea what you know, ballpark, I'm in price range. I mean, I, I'm kind of lost here. This sounds like a scary repair.
0: Yeah, it is a, it, it is a scary repair. And, uh, you know, my understanding, though, was, and I'm surprised, if you read that bulletin, doesn't it also talk about um, Toyota extending the warranty and doing some of these repairs under warranty?
3: I only The only reference I found as far as people have had this experience is people that have still been under the five-year, 60,000-mile powertrain warranty. I uh, have not actually called Toyota yet to discuss this with them. That's uh, definitely on my list of uh, to-do things here because I'm, I'm really not very happy right
0: now. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> y- you know, it's it's. let me ask you this. Who's servicing the car? Is it a Toyota dealer or is it an independent shop or is it you? Uh, um,
3: when it comes to just oil and filter changes, I've done that myself. Uh, outside of that, I have an independent mechanic. He just did a strut job on it probably about 20,000 miles ago. And I've taken it to Toyota for some minor things like front-end alignment, stuff like that. But uh, the vehicle has been, you know, really almost trouble-free until right. now.
0: <laughs> until this. You know, yeah. this, this this is an involved repair. Front motor's got to come apart. Uh, y- you know, this is, this is internal stuff. There are updated pieces out of Toyota. It, you know, whether your mechanic can deal with it or not, sometimes a lot of independent shops won't get into internal engine work because it gets very specific, especially if there's some... You know, very special tools involved. In which case, there's always special tools involved. You right. know, the, the, the first step I would do is I would make the phone call to Toyota. All right. Okay. Is is this your first Toyota? Uh,
3: second. Okay.
0: Actually. I'm a loyal Toyota. I'm going This is we're gonna have the conversation. We're gonna practice the conversation right here. All right. Okay. All right. You know, it's like, hi, this is Mr. Jones. I'm a loyal Toyota customer. This is my second one. You know, here I am just approaching the 100,000-mile mark, and I'm thinking, hey, I'm good for another 100,000. My engine's got this rattle in it that, you know, I start to do some research that references and then reference the bulletin and talk about, the you know, the the valve timing actuator or the camshaft sprocket, whichever one you've got in front of you. And, um, you know, is, is this something covered under warranty? Because, let's face it, if you've got a bulletin about it, that means it's happening to more than just a few vehicles and then don't say anything. All right? Gotcha. Whoever talks next loses. Is usually the way the argument goes. All right? Because gotcha. when they sit there and they say, "Well, you know, Mr. Jones, we've 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 had this on a few vehicles. I forget what the number is. I should know this, but I think and I guess it varies by manufacturer and category, but I believe the average number is somewhere around 40,000 vehicles. When they see 40,000 repetitious failures, I think that's the number, uh, that's what starts to trigger a bulletin. You gotcha. know, I, I think 20,000 is where they're starting to pay attention. 40,000 is where they have the oops, um, you know, the bulletin gets issued. And then there's another number. I found this once online. There's another number. I think it's 80 or more um, where they'll issue a recall. So, gotcha. you know, listen, if you got a bulletin, a known pattern failure, all right, you know, mm-hmm. what are you going to do for me, all right? Right. Now if, yeah. they, now, if they say, Mr. Jones, what do you want? Well, I'd like you to, I'd like you to pay for it. Now, they're going to tell you it's got to go to the dealer. Okay, I get sure. it, right? Somebody's got to confirm the diagnosis, all right? So when it gets to the dealer and the dealer says, yes, Mr. Jones, it's a $2,000 repair, what are you going to do for me? Listen, I know you, Toyota. You have goodwill money. That's the word you've got to use. You've got goodwill mm-hmm. money in the kitty. You want to make me happy as a Toyota customer because you want to get me to come back and buy another Toyota, don't you? You don't don't want me to go buy from the competition. Right. You know what? That's when you find out what the company's made of. Gotcha. You got to ask them the questions that put them in the corner because when they sit there and they say, we don't care where you buy your next vehicle from. See ya. (laughs) Right? (laughs) What are you you driving this thing for? All right? Mm -hmm. And then you tell them what Toyota stands for and you hang up. You know you know what you know what Toyota stands for don't you I don't you got, you got a pencil you may want to write this down Sure All right Toyota too often Yankees overpriced this automobile
3: Okay All right
0: <laughs> and, and 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 that'll get them and you know what and Somewhere in the bowels of the FBI, they'll open up a case study on the car doctor for being derogatory about automobiles. But that's, that's I, can, I can hear Arlo Guthrie in the back of my head. Uh, that's exactly how you handle that, all right? Let's get it diagnosed. How much is it going to cost? If they come back and offer you a 50-50 deal, they split parts and labor or something, hey, you got something out of them. But if they do nothing, I say walk away from the car and go buy something else because that's ridiculous. Good luck. Let me know what happens. I'm Ron in the car doctor. We are back right after this. car doctor let's go and talk to eric in maine at 855-560-9900 eric you're on with the car doctor sir how can i help
1: hey how you doing ron thanks Good, sir. what's going on um, i got a 2007 chevrolet Silverado. okay it, it's the new style right yeah, and new body style. I, I had the truck for four and a half years the only speakers that worked in the truck was the two front tweeters in the right rear door okay and about a couple months ago intermediately i would pick up another speaker here and there it would come, it would go. At one point, I had them all, and then it went back to just the right rear. Then it was just the left front door, and now everything's gone except for the tweeters. Okay. Um, and I was just curious. If, I've heard some people tell me it's the radio. I've heard people tell me that it's the speakers.
0: The answer is yes. Um, you know, here's 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 what you got to do. First of all, I don't think it'll be applicable, but I just want to bring it up. There is a bulletin out for a similar condition from GM. They start talking about losing speakers. And, uh, you know, some other issues that could occur, bulletin number is 0708-44-008. You want, me to, okay. you, you want that again? You, I don't know if you got a – did you get that? Um, it's,
1: uh, yeah, I got a pen. Right?
0: Go ahead. We can do it again. Say when. 07, uh, oh, oh, seven. Oh, oh, 0708-44-008. It was from April of 2007. There may even be an A or a B version of that. They had issues with the connector at the amplifier, where the right. harness was the harness was backing out of the uh, connector, or the connector was backing out of the amplifier itself, and it would cause all sorts of issues, uh, connectivity, speakers, etc., etc., etc. If you had that radio option, it was, it was a it was a specific RPO production option fault or, or code so you know just something to think about uh you know i would also just scan codes i just i i don't think you're going to see anything but you know here's a classic example of i don't want to start chasing something that may turn up a fault code that i'll never see a warning light on there's no you know check radio light on any dashboard well, that's just, yeah. you know so let's let's go into the body computer and just you know because there's fault codes for the audio system let's go into the body computer and see do we have anything all right, okay. and let's let's eliminate that. You know, then then last, then right now, if you've got tweeters, um, that shows something's working. All right, the the, the problem is going to be, you know, prove to me how could we lose all the speakers? That that doesn't make any sense, right? Right. So you know, do we have any kind of a signal at the wiring of the speaker? Could we take Could we take a regular old any kind of a speaker and plug it in there, jumper wire across it, and get sound from it?
1: Well, that's what I was going to try, but before I started tearing door panels open,
0: yeah, you know, you know, um, I figured
1: I'd uh, give the reach out call to you and yeah. just get your
0: take. You know, speakers are speakers, power is power, ground is ground, signal is signal. It Doesn't care what it's lighting up. Right. All right. Uh, you know. So let's go there. If if you can prove one or two speakers working and the ones in the door are not, then you've got bad speakers. If you can prove they don't work with other speakers, guess what? You've probably got a radio issue, provided, you know, you've got connection along the way. And sure. maybe, maybe we've got an output channel problem. Um, so then so you've got in
1: the bottom of junkyard factory radio, but that's great, but you plug it in and it's locked and you've got to take it to the factory, so they have to program it. Right.
0: Now <laughs> it, you know, if we're gonna if we're gonna change that radio, then you wanna think about you know, because I've changed a few radios in my lifetime, and uh, you know the factory radios are nice, but nice, but as you say, they get expensive, and you know you got two choices. If you can find a GM radio repair facility, and that's surely part of this puzzle, you know right. it, it may be. You've got to you've got to call them up and ask them. You can probably do an exchange online. It it may be the 150, 200 dollar exchange routine or 250 bucks, and they'll go through and repair what's got to be repaired. You know the uh, other the, the other option becomes: Do you go to a place like um, like Crutchfield? Have you ever have you ever been to Crutchfield.com? Uh, no, I have not. Crutchfield, C R U T C H field, Crutchfield.com. They're located, I think it's Maryland or Delaware. Um, kind of a neat company. They've been around forever. Um, they will try to sell you an arm and a leg, so be careful. But in, in the sense of you know, know what you're buying, know what you want to get. But they are a very good company in terms of what they put together. I bought I bought a, uh, quite a few radios from them for different vehicles, family and customers. And you know, you could call them up and say, Hey, I've got an 7 Silverado. You know, I want to spend 200 bucks. What do you got? And yeah, you know, yeah. they'll they'll tell you here's the radio that fits. Here's the installation kit. Here's the wiring harness adapter that plugs into the factory harness, the jumper across it. You're done. It's kind of neat. Yeah, uh, definitely. Kind of neat. The one the one thing to think about, and every time I buy an aftermarket radio, I'm very careful. The one thing, because I want to be sure, all right, I put a Kenwood in the plow truck a couple of years ago, and I actually, I said, I want something with programmable push buttons. All right, because right, I'm still... Right,
1: my steering wheel has all the buttons. So. Right, right
0: right i want you know i want you know one two three four five six i don't want this nonsense where they make one knob do everything on the dashboard you know forget about texting trying to control a radio while you're driving is an art form uh you know uh so you know just just you might have to spend a little bit more to get the better features but crutchfield stuff does work uh you know so 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 that's a way to go so you know one way or the other you can kind of take it from that direction all right sir well
1: yeah i got one quick question yeah um this particular vehicle, it's got the 5.3. Intermediately, I've had oil pil- uh, filters plug on me and go to bypass.
0: What's your oil change interval?
1: Um, I do it anywhere between three, 4,000 miles. Sometimes it stretches to 5.
0: And you've owned the truck since now?
1: Uh, no, I've had it. It's an no 0.7, and I've had it four and a half years.
0: What kind of filters are you using?
1: I had been tr- using some Frams, and then I tried NAPAs, and they all were doing it. So this last time that I put it on, which was only a couple, three weeks ago, I put a K&N, which I guess has the um, it's steel instead of the paper.
0: Right, right. And, well, you don't know yet.
1: It there's I'm- always moisture under my oil cap, winter, summer, spring, and fall.
0: Are you, are you long trip, short trip?
1: Uh, time.
0: Well, but I'm saying, do you you know what's your driving style? What's your
1: oh mine? I mean, sometimes they're relatively short. Sometimes they're as much as you know, a half an hour, forty minutes. Sometimes you know, once in a blue moon, you take longer ones.
0: You got a local O'Reilly Auto Parts, or do you have an access? I do. Yeah, I would, I would stop in at your O'Reilly Auto Parts, and I would talk to them, tell them what you've got going on. What do they recommend, or what would they recommend in the way of a crankcase flush? Okay. And you know the, the the balance here is this is a balancing act. We want something caustic enough to wipe the schmutz out, but not anything internal on the engine gaskets, bearing surfaces, etc. And okay. you know, you may have to do an old-fashioned crankcase flush. Uh the other yep. thing the other thing I would be aware of is is the PCV valve on this truck working, is the crankcase vent okay?
1: You know, and that's it. It's it's inside the valve cover, so you have to change the valve cover. Right. Well and I'm on afraid i have heard that them snap off
0: on a the, five uh, three isn't it in the driver's side rear corner?
1: uh no, I believe I was told that it was in the inside of the valve cover
0: maybe I'm thinking of the older ones um, this,
1: just, was, uh, this come from an actual Chevrolet mechanic
0: okay you know maybe he's talking about the baffle inside, but listen if it it, it doesn't matter where it is if it's if it's clogged or restricted and not venting properly right we still got to go look at it. So you know, maybe we start with you know you get out to O'Reilly Auto Parts, get some get some kind of a chemical flush, clean the crankcase, and you know if, if it continues, then we're going to have to pull the valve cover and take a look at the PCV, the crankcase ventilation system, make sure that's working properly because clogging the oil filter like that, that's not a good sign. That's you know we're 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 we're, we're, we're you know the heart's starting to fail. We want to get to it before it has a heart attack.
1: Oh, exactly, exactly.
0: So, all right, all um, right, man. Hey, I
1: appreciate your time, and you're, you're very uh, welcome. It's, uh, it, it's it's been great talking.
0: You're, to you. you're very welcome, Eric. You uh, you thank you, and you take good care. And for everybody else, if you want, get out to O'ReillyAuto.com. You can look up and uh, see what kind of chemicals and flushes the good folks at O'Reilly Auto Parts have. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor coming back right after this.
2: Ron's number handy, 855-560-9900, for when you really need advice on your car. Here's Ron. Let's
0: go over and talk to, uh, let's go talk to James in Iowa. James, welcome to The Car Doctor, sir, at 855-560-9900. How can I help?
2: Well, I'm a long-time listener, and uh, I got this 93 uh, Subaru Loyale. Yes, sir. And I've had it for about a year, uh, and now it's starting to... Uh, When I take off from a stop sign, it it hesitates and sometimes dies on me. Okay. My only concern that I've I've had with it is uh, when I change the fuel filter, which I do every six months, there's a lot of rust in there.
0: Yeah, that's not a good sign. Um, Any dashboard warning lights on?
2: Well, the check engine light is on, and and of course, there's nobody around, and I live out here in you know, middle of nowhere, nobody can check it to see. Mm-hmm. And that was another question I was going to have for you: Is there a way to manually check that?
0: Yes, there is. Um, yes, there is. So let's let let's go back first. Um, if there's a lot of physical rust, you know, in the filter, you know, as as an aside, um, has the has the rust been there for as long as you've owned the car? I guess I should say it like that, or ask the question like that. The the past yeah, year, right? Uh,
2: the first time I changed first time I changed the fuel filter i had rust and then i've changed it three times and there's rust in there every time
0: okay uh, you know has the vehicle run good up to this point and now it's just starting to have its problem
2: yes yes okay. I mean it's just been in the past like two weeks
0: so when you when you cut when you look in the fuel filter when you say rust are you cutting the filter open or are you pouring the fuel out of the filter and rusty fuel comes out
2: I am pouring it out of the, the the filter.
0: Okay. Uh the next time you change the filter, cut it open. Metal metal filter, okay. right? It's a metal case. Yeah, right? it's
2: a Wix filter It's a yeah. Metal case.
0: Yeah, maybe we can maybe we can take a hacksaw and just cut, you know, is is there what's what's is, is anything making its way through the filter? Right? Is it is all the sediment right, right. And, is all the sediment and contaminant on this side of the filter or is it actually working its way through? the media, and it's now going forward, and now we've got to think, you know, do we have an injector clog issue developing as well? Maybe unrelated to this problem that you're having now, but just something to think about. How's that filter getting loaded up with contaminant? You know, or, it, you know, it's a 93 Subaru Loyale. Was it sitting for a length of time before you got it, and and, and it that was. created it, the issue? Yeah, that's what I, because I think this has it, a metal,
2: for. go ahead. It was sitting for two years before mm-hmm. I
0: got it. So, and if I'm not mistaken, doesn't this have a metal fuel tank? This was back in the day when things were made out of metal, and you know, we, we absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, never a good sign. Um, I'll never forget the first Volvo I had. My gosh, it had to be an '82 Volvo station wagon. No, it was older than that. And I had a performance issue in my first fuel sample. I guess fuel's not supposed to be brown and I went, oops, and uh, it, it turned out that it had been sitting for a couple of years, and they, they, they let it sit empty, and then when they decided to start running it again, because Volvo was run forever, yeah, good, and um, they washed all the rust off the sides of the tank when they filled it up, and it took a while, but it permeated its way through the entire fuel system and ruined the car. Um, I remember overhauling that fuel system 30 years ago. Um, so, you know, we've got to be wary of the fuel issue, but let's talk about the check engine light. There is a way to manually press codes. There's a, there's a memory connector. Should be located underneath the steering column down on the right side. Um, there's going to be two halves that you've got to put together. I, if I remember right, there are two black halves, but I would tell you to get a, a wiring, not a wiring diagram, but some service information because there's a couple of connectors down there. Subaru was kind of generous back in the early 90s where they would give you different connectors to test different circuits. Um, I would I would get a specific test procedure, and you can manually count the blinking lights. It's a little bit of a pain and just to see what sort of fault codes you can get. That being said, the common things, one of the most common things that sort of matches your condition, James, of failure is the EGR valve. All right? They, they, yeah. they, there were problems with the vent solenoid or the control solenoid where it would fail. Um, typically, uh, if memory serves me right, set said a fault code 34, and it would always apply and allow the EGR on, which would make it hesitate. And sometimes make it stall because the valve was staying open, and that's sort of what you've got, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and is, so, you, is this kind of like a, a, the the early GMs where you could just stick a golf tee in the uh, yeah. hose and and you know see what? if it runs better?
0: Yeah, let's. Yeah, why not? Let's. We can't hurt anything. Listen. It's already broken. You can't break it worse, right? So, it's, you know, sometimes you got to think like that. you got to take the leap of faith in the science project. Um, let's put a golf tee. I think that's why God invented golf tees, for GM cars and Subarus with EGR valves. Um, but let's do that. Let's take a look at the EGR. If we bypass it temporarily, does it affect how the car runs? And, you know, at least you know where you've got to go. And, you know, then if you can, scan codes and let's just be mindful of the fuel. Keep me posted, James. i got to go. I'm up against the clock. And we'll return right after this. I'm Ron Anini and The Car Doctor. Don't go away. Uh-oh. Quick reminder, folks. Welcome back, by the way. Ron Anini and The Car Doctor, at your service. Quick reminder we're getting ready for summer driving or you know summer driving season has started let's you know fluids filters oil service it's new it's got a lot of computers on it i get it it doesn't need as much but it still needs something make sure you get that car looked at tire pressure tire condition you know things happen out on the road and uh... you know the road is a very unforgiving place more information at carcare.org. so uh... just be aware that it's uh, time to get the car in shape and ready to go before you take it on the trip your homework this week, and, and, and I, I just uh, on, on a little bit of a humorous side. I've been watching Chips lately. All right, I've just I've just Tony's got a comment. I can see it's coming. No, no, he's okay with this. Um, Chips was a really great TV show. All right, for the simple fact, forget about Ponch and John. Right, you're watching these two guys, these these two California Highway Patrolmen on motorcycles, but the cars. The cars were the stars and chips, and if you watch it long enough, I've already noticed they've always got the same yellow Toyota pickup, they've always got the same tan 68 Chevy C10 pickup truck, they've always got the Volkswagen, the red and white Volkswagen minibus, I don't know if it ran through the whole series. It is a Volkswagen. The show was on five years. Um, They've also got... There was a really neat scene recently where they were pulled over on the side of the road. They pulled over Jim Backus, Mr. Howell from Gilligan's Island. And uh, John Baker got approached by a woman in a 68 Big Block Camaro asking for directions. It was absolutely hysterical. The cars were and are the stars. I'm Ron Anady and the Car Doctor reminding you the mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.